0: How many of you are ready to finish this series tonight? All right, uh, we're going to be talking about. I'm going to be asking a question. Are is everybody God's children? Are all people God's children? That's one of the cultural lies out there, and I want us to uh, read this one verse from the mouth of Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to talk to you about it. So let's stand and read this one verse, then you can be seated the rest of the time. And I'm so thankful for this level of turnout on a really rainy, difficult uh, night and weather. All right, let's, uh, let's read this. Ready? Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. Notice he said, unless you are born again anew from above, you will never see, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight and we pray that you will help us to be very, very clear on this so that we can tell people the truth and not have evangelism stifled by the false messages of our culture. We thank you, Lord, for ministering the sincere Word of God to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now remember, I'm teaching this uh, series because there are so many lies out there that are, that are what I call cultural lies. And because we live in the day of mass media, television, radio, Newspapers, books, you know, the mass media, then the ability for a particular mindset to reach the culture and poison the culture is so strong. And I'm just going to be bold enough to say tonight that I believe the anti biblical, what we might call liberal, but I just call anti biblical crowd out there the agnostics, the atheists, the those who do not share our belief in Christ or in the Bible, those who are out there as secularists who uh, live in a very, very different world from what a Bible-believing Christian would live in, I believe that that type has co-opted mass media, has is controlling primarily the mass media. And so I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think that ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, I could name the networks, are overwhelmingly um, what I would have to call anti-biblical. And if you're thinking I shouldn't be judging them that way, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. And while we're not to judge people harshly or unfairly, we are to be fruit pickers. And when I listen to them and I watch the, the way they angle news stories and I look at what they allow over their networks and what they don't allow is often as telling as what they do allow. I'm very aware that there is an attempt on the part of people, secularists, anti-biblical, often anti-Christ type people, there is just an effort for on their part to lead this nation into a direction that, in my opinion, would be socialistic, socialism, uh, secular, anti-religious, irreligious, and would really uproot us from our roots, which are God and Jesus Christ and Christianity. So the lies are coming all the time. I mean, it's just like a machine gun. All the time. Watch the news any given day. And these, this tendency to angle things and skew things in that direction is just there all the time. So I want to answer some of the main lies that are being propagated by that culture. And And I've covered some of them. Evolution, to me, is a hoax. It does not hold up to scientific scrutiny, never has, it never will. It's losing ground as we speak. Uh, Political correctness, that's a big one with me. I'm going to talk about that one a little bit again tonight. Uh, This notion that we are all God's children, that's a big one out there now. So that's what we're going to deal with tonight. And I hope I leave you just as clear as a bell on this. At a recent political rally, One of the featured speakers made the statement, God sent the angel to Mary, to Joseph, and to Muhammad. We are all God's children, this political speaker said. This statement, we are all God's children, has become one of the buzz phrases of political correctness. Politicians love to quote it to garner votes. It brings that warm, fuzzy, all inclusive PC feeling. Ah, oh, we're all God's children. Doesn't that make you feel good? But is it true? According to the Bible, and that is our textbook, that is our source, is it true? Are we all God's children? Is that true? Is that what Jesus himself taught? And for me, everything comes down to what Jesus said. Everything. If Jesus said it, amended it, validated it, it's good with me. But if Jesus did not, I look at it, I look at it with suspicion. Now, according to Christ, it's not a true statement. We are not all God's children. Let's see what Jesus said. He told Nicodemus, who came to him in the dead of night, having seen the miracles he was doing, and Noticing how powerfully he taught in the huge crowds that were following him, this leading religious figure came to Jesus in the dead of night, secretly, under cover of night, that and asked him something about who he was and what was he about. And Jesus turned to him, bypassing what Nicodemus had said, and, and hit him right between the eyes with a statement. He said, everybody, you and everybody, need to be, must be, have to be born again. Now let's look at an expanded translation of just what Jesus said. Can you read this with me? Most assuredly I am saying to you unless a person is born out of water as a source, even out of the Spirit as a source, he is not able to enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born out of the flesh is flesh, and by nature fleshly. And that which has been born out of the spirit is spirit, and by nature spiritual. Don't marvel that I said to you, it is necessary for all of you to be born again. Now that is a a direct contradiction to the message that we're all God's children. I want you to notice what Jesus said. You've got to be born out of the Spirit, by the Spirit. You have to be born twice. And without being born twice, you will not see heaven. You will not see the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Jesus clearly taught that we're all born the first time as fleshly creatures. What did he call it? Born of the flesh. But in that first birth, We are born as sinful beings. That's what the Bible says. David said, Behold, I was brought forth in a state of iniquity. and My mother was sinful who conceived me, and I too am sinful. You know what this is called in theology? It's called the doctrine of original sin. And this is what the Bible teaches. So can you say with me original sin? The doctrine of original sin says that we were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We were guilty in two ways. The first guilt was by association. We're guilty by being associated to Adam and his fall. So we're guilty by association, guilty by inheritance. And we're gonna see some verses on that in just a moment. And then later on, it doesn't take too long before we're guilty by action. So we're guilty by action, we break the commandments and we're guilty by association. So, I got to tell you, the I'm okay, you're okay, we're all God's children is not true. We're not okay. We're not okay in this respect. The whole human race is born with a disease, and that disease is called sin. And that's why Christ came. That's the reason he came, because we've all got a sin issue. And until we deal with the sin issue, we're in sin and we will be judged for that sin unless we deal with the sin issue via God's remedy who was Christ on the cross. And apart from that we can't deal with the sin effectively. You can say you don't have it, you can live in denial but you've got the disease. Look what Paul wrote in Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned Read it with me, everybody. What happened? Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So what happened? Death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Death spread to everyone because of Adam. I'm going to talk to Adam when I get up there. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. A lot of people went through a lot of trouble because you bit that fruit. Now, let's read what he said in verse 18 in the same chapter. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. That's the good news of the gospel, what we've got to be told. And that's why I hate that lie that we're all God's children. Because if we believe that lie, the gospel will not be preached. Because the first part of the gospel is you are in sin. And that sin has got to be covered. And if it's not, you're perishing. But if we're all God's children, why the gospel? We don't need the gospel. Let's just forget it. Why build a church? Why get a building? Why reach people? Why evangelize? If we're all God's children. Now look what he says in verse 19, just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person, Jesus, did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. But one man, the second Adam, said yes to God and put many people in the right. Amen? So you got two Adams. You got the first Adam, and he was the father of the human race. And when he sinned because of God's laws of spiritual authority and headship as the head of the human race, when he sinned, it came on all of us according to the Word of God. But Jesus, the second Adam, never sinned was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sinning, when he died on the cross and his perfect sinless blood spilled down that old rugged tree, then our sin was covered and washed away and removed from us. One man did it wrong and one man did it right. Now, I recently saw a well-known preacher interviewed on CNN. You can leave it to CNN. Let me just tell you. Uh, You can leave it up to CNN. If it's heresy, they'll air it. If it's truth, it ain't getting on. And if it gets on, it's going to be made fun of. But let's move on now. I saw this preacher interviewed on CNN, and I know this man. I have picked this man up before, uh, and carried him somewhere to go preach. I know who I know him. And he's a, a national figure now that he's rejected the message of repentance claiming that Christ reconciled the whole world to himself on the cross. He's claiming that Jesus' blood covered every sin of every person, and there's no need to be born again. So he got on CNN. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Now, this doctrine, and I want you to understand this, dear church, this doctrine of his blood covered all of us, he reconciled the whole world to himself on the cross, We don't need to repent because Jesus' blood forgave us all. It's called universalism. Universalism. And it's out there probably more than you would realize. It's called universalism, and this is one of the sources from which the notion of everybody being God's children comes from. And here's their pet verse. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And the universalists, those who say everybody is a child of God, they point to verses like this and they say, look at what Paul is telling us, that on the cross he reconciled the world to himself and doesn't count our sins against us anymore because the blood of Jesus covered every sin. There's no need to repent, no need to be born again, no need to do anything. It was done by him on the cross. And just two nights ago, I saw this man on CNN teaching this. And man, me and Kathy were talking. They showed this thing over and over and over again. Now, let me just clarify this. That verse does not mean that all sin was covered, that there is no need for repentance, that we are all God's children by virtue of Christ's death on the cross. If this is true, why did the disciples preach a message of repentance? Come on, everybody. After hearing Peter's Pentecost message, the people who had heard him said, Men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? Now, Peter did not say, Oh, you're already saved. I'm just here to give you the good news. Your sin's been washed away. That's not what he said. What did he say, everybody? Peter said to them, Repent. Come on, preach to me. Peter said to them, Repent. That's what he said. He said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Read it with me. For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there is no—yes, he did die for the sins of the whole world in this respect. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord, their sins have been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. But you've got to take advantage of what God did. You've got to come to him. You've got to repent. Agree with him. Yes, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I have broken your laws, and I was born in sin my sin needs to be covered. And so I'm coming to your son who died for my sins and rose from the dead. And by faith, I'm putting my trust in him. And when you do that, he covered your sins back then. And now that you've gone to him in faith, it becomes true for you. But you've got to repent. The message of the gospel is repent. And it's a beautiful word. I love that six-letter word, repent, because it opens the door of blessing to everyone who repents. And I don't believe in just repenting one time. I believe we need to repent regularly. How many of you have repented in the last year? (laughs) I'm just checking you out here. All right. The work of Christ on the cross is beneficial only for those who turn to Him in repentance from sin. When we turn to Him in repentance, then and only then are our sins no longer counted against us. One commentator, just so you can see, this isn't a Wickwireism, Let me just show you what one of the best commentators out there said. Sinners must individually be brought to contrition, faith, and obedience. Men must be changed from enemies into friends. We do not find the idea in 2 Corinthians 5.19 that Christ on the cross forgave all sins to the whole world. It's not there. We've got to repent. So are we all God's children? We're talking about whether or not we're all God's children. That's what they're telling us out there. That's what political correctness is telling us. Because it sounds so so touchy-feely, sweet, and nice. But guess what? It's a lie. The fact is this. Here's the fact. According to Ephesians 2, 1, at our first birth, We were all born dead in trespasses and sins. Listen to what Paul says. As for you, says Paul, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Now you might say we were born alive but dead at the same time. You were born alive but inside you and I were dead. Okay, follow me now. Alive physically, but unplugged and disconnected from God spiritually. That's what the Bible teaches us. Now, the word that Paul used for dead, just so you'll know, he's not talking uh, allegorically or metaphorically. The word Paul used for dead is very graphic, it is necros. And we would use it to describe somebody falling down dead, it means literally corpse on a slab lifeless, dead. He said you were born dead in your sins. David, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We moved, we saw, we talked, we heard, but until Christ came into our hearts we were dead on the inside. Are you with me? Now Jesus concurs with this take on the condition of fallen man. One time he called a young man to follow him and the young man replied, Lord, Let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. In other words, those who are burying your father are dead as well. Spiritually dead. Am I creeping you out? It reminds me of that movie, The Night of the Living Dead. I'm telling you, this is why we've got to be born again, folks. Folks. This is what the Bible says. And we've got to get clear on this. Why do I stand up here every Sunday and invite people to Christ? Because if they're out there and they have not received him into their hearts, they're dead. The inside is lifeless. They need to be born twice. When Paul talks in other places about the resurrection of the dead, from the grave, literally, when we will come out of the grave someday. He used the same word for dead that he used in Ephesians 2.1 for the spiritually dead. In Paul's mind, a corpse on a slab and the lost man on the inside were the same. Until we are born twice, born from above, we're spiritually dead. Our souls are lifeless, disconnected from the presence and life of God. This week I got a dad call, my daughter, who calls me when, and I don't know when she asked for me, something's wrong or she needs money. How many of you men know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And so I got the phone, she said, my car won't start. And I said, well, tell me how it's acting. She said, I turn the key, nothing happens. I said, your battery's dead. And I said, you're going to have to have somebody jump you, but you're going to have to get a new battery, Julia and that means I'm gonna to have to pay for it so I want you to go to Walmart and Target and all the lesser place and and she ended up going to Honda and paying a fortune but anyway now I want you I want you to just let me give you an illustration here her car was lifeless because the battery was dead are you with me you can't do anything with a car with a dead battery it was lifeless, and I told her the battery was dead, she'd have to get a new one, jump-starting it, would not solve her problem. Her battery was not designed to live off of another battery's power. She needed her own brand-new battery. The spirit inside of you and me is our battery. It powers your whole life it is within our spirits that we fellowship with God when we worship tonight and we felt the presence of God how did we do that because our spirit was fellowshipping with him it is the spirit that is saved and so it's our battery before coming to Christ our battery our spirit is dead it's a dead battery. Now you're walking around you say, well, I'm doing fine without Christ. No. On the inside of you, you're unplugged. The battery is dead. There's no life. There's no power. There's no fellowship with God. You unplugged. You know, sort of like are you with me? Before you're saved, you got all the potential to light up. You got all the potential to receive power, but you're dead until there is a life flow. When you say, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart. All right. Now you got power in the battery, but until then you're dead. I think I'm getting this over tonight. All right. You can't live off of mama's power. Mama's walk with God. You can't live off of grandma's or the preacher's. You got to get your own. You can't live off of somebody else's jump start. People walk in here on Sundays, give me a jump start, Pastor Jeff. Jump start me, Steve. I'm here. Listen, get your own battery. Get your own battery. All right. You need your own new battery. Now, watch, at salvation, God doesn't just jumpstart you, God gives you a brand new battery when you get saved. Read this with me. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation. A new creature altogether, the old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, all is become new. He gives you a brand new battery. Your spirit is resurrected from the spiritual dead. That's what happens. So while we are all indeed created by God and are God's creatures, we are God's creatures, His creation. We are not all God's children. We become an actual child of God, a true offspring of the Heavenly Father, by turning in faith to His Son, Christ Jesus. This is the miracle of the new birth. The Apostle John spoke about this in 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. Read it with me, can you? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called what? Children of God. Children He goes on, and that is what we are. John continues, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are what, everyone? Children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we'll be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. The word John uses for children means to be begotten, to be fathered. He is telling you and me, now that you've come to Christ, God has begotten you. He's your daddy. That's why we look up and say, Abba, Father. But before then, you couldn't do it because you weren't, and he wasn't. Now, how are you born again? Let me just cover this and we'll go home tonight. But how how is somebody born again? If we've got to be born again to receive salvation, how does this happen? How is a person begotten of God? Well, we've already talked about it, but first, you've got to receive forgiveness of sin through the shed blood of Christ. Jesus' blood is, say it with me, the cleansing agent. The blood is the cleansing agent. Let's read this verse. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? How are we cleansed? The blood of Christ. And Jesus offered His eternal Spirit unblemished to God. So that's the cleansing agent. Next, the conceiving agent is the Word of God peter wrote and this is out of the amplified bible you have been regenerated born again not from a mortal seed and that word seed is sperm that's what it is but from one that is immortal one being seed and what is that seed the ever living and lasting word of god Seed comes from the Greek word sperma. Can you believe that? Don't get quiet on me, everybody. We're all over 18 here, I think. Seed, it it comes from the Greek word sperma. You know what Peter is saying? He's saying that God's word is like unto a male's sperm. When we hear the gospel, God's word is sown into our souls. He calls God's Word incorruptible seed, which lives and abides forever. This incorruptible seed was the Word which by the gospel was preached to you. That's powerful stuff, man. I'll tell you, this is true. Now watch this. As a woman receives the sperm of the man and a child is conceived, when you and I receive the gospel of Christ, a brand new life is supernaturally conceived in our soul. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you what the Greek language says. I'm not making this up. I looked it up today to be sure. He lifed you. You remember it says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and that which was conceived in her was of the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, that which was conceived in you. Come on. it was con- That which was conceived in you was from the Word of God. And new life was birthed in you, conceived. Wow, that's that's powerful. So the Word of God is the conceiving agent. So we have the cleansing agent and the conceiving agent. Now we have one more in the process of being born again. Next, the Holy Spirit comes into our souls as God's, what everybody, quickening agent. For the first time, the life of God actually indwells us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are made alive. Remember this? Lost, found. Dead, alive. Read it with me. And you, He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And again, read it. Even when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together. Hallelujah. In the book of Titus, Paul tells us that the quickening agent is the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he wrote He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, we were dead, but because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration, and what, everyone? Renewing of the Holy Spirit. The three operating agents of the new birth are the blood of Christ, the cleansing agent, the Word of God, the conceiving agent, and the Holy Spirit, the quickening agent. Wow. That is just so powerful. That is so powerful. So when I or anybody stands and preaches the gospel, when they they repent, the blood is the cleansing agent. Then the Word of God is the conceiving agent, and a new life is born. Then the Holy Spirit is the quickening agent, and you are raised from the dead. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken your mortal body. So, in light of what Scripture has shown us tonight, are we all God's children? Boy, y'all sound about half convinced. No. Oh, no, no. Are we all God's children? No. no. Are we all God's creation? Yes. yes. We got to be born again to be a child of God. Got to. And I tell you, this goes over the radio, and I want to say to anybody listening by radio, I don't care if you sat in church all your life, if you have not come to Christ and the blood washed your sin away, and the Word has come into you and been the conceiving agent, and the Holy Spirit as the quickening agent has raised you from the spiritual dead, you're still in your sins and you're perishing. Turn to Him, call out on Him, and be saved. Amen. Can we stand together? Can you say with me, God is good? good. Aren't you glad that He raised you from the dead? Aren't you glad? Father, we thank You for the power of Your Word tonight. Lord, we thank You for clearing up this cultural lie. We're not all God's children, and it's wrong to tell people that. He invites us to be His children. And Lord, thank You that we receive that invitation and have been born from above. Thank You for the blood, thank You for the Word, and thank You for the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise tonight? Hallelujah.